Hey everybody, just a bit of a programming note here. Chris and I are starting some new recording methods, so you may hear an update in quality of the audio, um, but uh, we also may have a bit of a delay getting this episode out. Uh, apologize for that. Uh, we're still kind of working out the kinks. Hopefully next episode will be better. This episode is probably going to be a little bit truncated uh, and shorter than some of the others while we work out the kinks. But uh, uh, yeah, appreciate it. And uh, on with the show. Welcome back to the Dad and Rock podcast. This is Sean. And this is Chris. Hey, uh, we are back at it again. It is the week after the Super Bowl. Um, how's it going? It's going well. We went ahead and uh, we watched the Super Bowl. I mean, it's something we're going to be talking about later. Uh, but uh, we both survived uh, my son's birthday party. What did you think of that? Oh, yeah, that was fun. So I, uh, I headed up to the Dayton, Ohio area over the weekend, my family and I, to celebrate uh, your boy's seventh birthday party i can't believe he's seven years old already i know it's uh he's getting old awfully fast but uh he enjoyed it we went over to uh sky zone and he was jumping around and doing his thing and somehow convinced his father to go ahead and do front flips off the trampolines into the actual foam pits <laughs> did you uh, I, did you get a video of that if you doing the front flip uh there's a couple videos i believe out there uh, <laughs> uh one of uh, myself doing it yeah and then there is another one well there's me doing it a couple times one with my sister recording it and one with one of zach's friends uh dad's watching me actually do the flipping uh which is which is fun i got really confident on one of the last ones and i went to do the flip and my knees buckled oh and i and i belt fell right on my face and of course <laughs> it was being recorded at the time did i know you were there did you do any crazy stuff on the trampolines uh, trampolines, I just jump. That's crazy enough for me. Um, and try to jump without, uh, getting a, a headache, bouncing my brain around in my skull. Uh, but, uh, I did actually, you and I both, and there's a video of this, there's evidence, there's proof. We posted it on the Facebook page if you haven't checked it out already. Uh, but you and I did, uh, did the gladiator style where, I don't know, I'm sure there's a name for this. What do they call this? Uh, Peagle sticks. Yeah, yeah. So we were kind of both standing up on posts above a uh, whole, like a sea of uh, foam cubes. And, uh, you know, we, we did a gladiator style, just kind of hitting each other with those foam. <laughs> now, now, see, I thought I hit you square in the face with one of like the unpadded part of the pole. Yeah. So I hesitated. Yeah. And then uh, you struck. I mean, you came right in for the kill. I was like, I'm not going to you know, beat my friend's face in with this pole. And. <laughs> I had a little bit of a compassion. You went right for the, you I saw know, your hesitation. right in for the kill. That's right. I had to get you out of there. And then, of course, I had the uh, the hard fall right afterwards, right on my gut, uh, in, into the uh, the pedestal there, and then sank into the cubes. That was fun, though. It was fun trying to uh, get my way out of that sea of foam. But um, yeah, if there was any satisfaction to me losing that fight, was me watching the video of you falling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'll tell you one thing, those type places going out there and jumping, because I've been there quite a few times prior, but I've never actually jumped. It shows how old you are. Oh, yeah. I, it, told, it showed me how actually tired and out of shape I was real quick after I was done the, believe it or not, hour and a half. Hour and a half is too much doing anything for me anymore. But uh, the kids even were kind of showing their wear of, you know, the time that they were jumping. Right. But we have that, and it's like it was one of those things I'm gearing up to do what I hate the most. I hate going to the dentist. 
And tomorrow I'm actually getting my wisdom, my bottom two wisdom teeth taken out. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, not looking forward to this at all. Uh, they're going to have to go ahead and, you know, put me down like a, and take care of it that way. And I'm going to be whining and crying for the next couple of days, laying on the couch. Are you at least going to get some uh, decent medication to ease the pain? Yeah, they get, I've got, you know, the big ibuprofens and I've got whatever they consider the equivalent of like Vicodin. Yeah. Uh, already here. I mean, I'm taking medication today and mouthwash and all that to prepare for the actual, uh, procedure. But, uh, it's not going to be any fun and I'm going to, it's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Hope you come well, out, come out the other side. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Minus two teeth. <laughs> Uh, well, that's, uh, that's, uh, I'm sorry to hear that, but, uh, I, I'm sure you'll let us oh, know. Oh, no, you're not. You're going to, you're going to relish my pain. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> hey, I had all four of mine taken out when I was 16 and apparently they doped me up so good that I ended up singing Sinatra to a bunch of the nurses as they were walking me, um, out of the surgery room. So, uh, man, I wish there was video of that. <laughs> yeah. Apparently it was a, it was a really great time until after the fact, you know, it, five hours afterwards, you're just, uh, you're just cranky. <laughs> Yeah, I, I plan on spending a lot of time on the couch and telling the kids to leave daddy alone. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, being as how I was up there for, for Zach's birthday party, we kind of took the opportunity to go see Bad Boys only a couple weeks after its uh, release date. But, hey, we got there. We ended up seeing Bad Boys for life together. Uh, and it was everything we expected it to be. And the theater was just as crowded as I would hope it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, it was a few weeks after we, you know, it was released, and it was still... For the most part, I mean, it almost looked near sold out. Yeah. But uh, what, what was your, I mean, before we get too far into it, what was your overall opinion of the movie? I mean, compared to the other uh, two parts of the franchise? I, well, the first, you know, in any movie series, I think it's hard to beat the first one because the first one you're kind of most nostalgic about. Uh, the first one you've had the, the most amount of time to kind of let it ruminate. And I enjoyed the sequel, Bad Boys 2, and that came out back in 2003. Um, it's got definitely some memorable scenes and some memorable dialogue. But uh, the first one's always kind of been the top one for me, and it still is, really. Uh, but this one's still fresh, but I think I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Bad Boys 2. I don't know. It's just some of the dramatic elements that played out and how uh, Martin Lawrence and uh, Will Smith's chemistry was still there in full, 100%, even, you know, 25 years later. Um, I thought it was uh, as enjoyable, if not more enjoyable, than uh, Bad Boys 2. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of agree with you on the most part of that. I mean, one is always going to be yeah, our top. Yeah. Two, two I enjoyed. Two, I thought, two almost had more comic relief in it than anything. Right. Uh, it was kind of funnier as a whole. Uh, the third one here, you, we really got deep into the characters. Yeah. I mean, we knew the characters, but we really didn't know them to the level of what they really went into in this one here, which, which was nice, but it was also like, like I said, it was, it was deeper. Yeah. So there, the comic relief wasn't as prevalent in this one here as it has been in the other two, but it was almost as enjoyable, but just because you, we were already invested in these characters. Right. And they gave us more of what these characters are. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, since the beginning of this franchise, um, the two characters, uh, Mike Lowry and, and Marcus Burnett, they were kind of like the odd couple of, uh, you know, buddy cop uh, movies, right? I mean, you always had Marcus Burnett, the family man, just surrounded by kids running around his house and, and trying to please his wife, but yet trying to wear the pants in the family, right? I mean, And meanwhile, Will Smith's uh, Mike Lowry was kind of the playboy, and, and uh, they just played off each other well. They had great chemistry. 
um, sort of leading opposite lifestyles, right? And uh, you kind of see the progression of that. Like in the second one, uh, uh, Marcus's kids are kind of growing up and becoming of dating age. So you see that kind of play out. Um, and then this third one, it's it's a natural progression of these characters where um, Martin Lawrence's character, Marcus, he's just he's ready to retire, man. Like he's he's done yeah, with he's his bad done. boys days. Yeah, no. Yeah. We, we see that and we, we see him become a grandfather. Yeah. So, I mean, he's actually like you're saying, he went through the dating and now he's doing the marriage for his daughter. Um, right. Uh, Megan, who was actually marrying Reggie from the second <laughs> one that they gave it roughed up at the actual door, which. Which is hilarious, and they actually do a callback to that. So they refer to that uh, in the movie when they do a toast at the wedding, which is a uh, which is fun when they see you. Know, they're linking movies purposely together, but uh, it was it was fun. I mean, I liked it. I mean, a little bit of a spoiler here. I actually a lot of a spoiler here, so I hope you've seen it already. But we find out Mike has a son. Yeah, which which is crazy by itself. That is crazy, and and we kind of mentioned Marcus's, um, you know, growth as a character from kind of a, a, a bad boy to a, a a good man, right? As he says in this, yeah, movie. good man. That's what he's saying. <laughs> Who wants to sing that song? <laughs> Doesn't have the same does the same ring to it. <laughs> um, so Who wants to sing that? <laughs> we, we've kind of seen his progression throughout these three films. How he's less and less willing to kind of jump into danger, right? Uh, the older he gets, Mike really hasn't had any progression um, when we lead into this film. Like he's still. Uh, he's called out at one point where Marcus calls him like, what, you know, what are you still 25? Like, you know, he still kind of jumps into the action. He's still reckless. Uh, he's still wild, even though he's getting up there, you know, he's, he's old enough to where, where he has to use that just for men to keep the gray out of his goatee. Right. Yeah. Chocolate Brown or something like that. They caught him. He's putting it in, Cocoa he's putting it in there, but, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah. I mean, referring to that, you, you still see, you know, Marcus saying he's, you know, not settling down. He's letting all these other good women get by him right. uh, without, you know, looking in the mirror and realizing, you know what, it's, it, it may be him that's letting them go, or it's just him reluctant to actually realize that he's getting older and he's trying to hold on to that youth, uh, longer than he probably and should. Now, with this one doing as well as it has, they're already actually talking about a fourth installment of it. Yeah. Uh, and you can, you can kind of see it by the way this one ends. They were kind of leading into it. And I don't know if there was an idea of just doing that on the hopes of this one doing well, because, I mean, they didn't really expect too much from it. Now, this one has completely uh, done a lot better than they expected. So they do have that you know, fourth one in, in play. Right. But would this fourth one be are we are we risking watering the series down by adding just more just because it one did well? Um, you know, I would be worried about something like that, you know, when series get kind of long in the tooth. I feel like this one had so much of a break in between installments that I I don't think another installment would hurt it at all, especially for the fact that they introduced some really great new characters in this installment. Um, not only were, um, you know, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith enjoyable, you've got uh, Joey Pants back as their captain, uh, who unfortunately meet, meets an untimely end in this film. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, that that one got me. I mean, those other ones in there that, you know, other deaths in there of characters we really didn't know. But when uh, when the cap caught one in the neck. Yeah. Uh, that I was like, I think I had either had an audible gasp or actually said no <laughs> yeah. in the theater. Yeah. I actually got a response out of me. You were like, not cap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, even at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. I mean, we knew it couldn't be anything too much. But I mean, Mike. 
went ahead and I mean he took like three or four bullets. Oh yeah. I mean yeah, it was pretty much it, it looked pretty grim, but knowing that they were doing more, there's no way they can do more of the movie without Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith is a, a vital character in the movie, so they, they couldn't really fool too many people with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, he lied in a coma there for a while. It was a f- kind of a funny callback because uh, Martin Lawrence had already kind of called him out for using the uh, the cocoa beans just for men on his goatee. And you see him kind of um, being the good friend that he is, uh, not letting those gray hairs come out, even though he's in a coma. He was dying yeah, his goatee for him. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a shock. A lot of just great story elements, um, with, uh, the attack on Mike and, and with Cap dying, um, and, um, just this new team that they introduced called Ammo, uh, which is led by, um, Will Smith's kind of love interest, uh, a lady by the name of Rita. She's a lieutenant. She's on the force. And apparently her and Mike had, um, you know, a relationship in the past that didn't really go anywhere, apparently. Uh, but, uh, every time Rita walks by and just sees how, uh, just like charming and, and sharp witted and attractive she is, uh, Marcus just looks at Mike and says, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> it was also a scene. It was kind of a callback to the first movie when this time they're actually in a club down in Miami and they're looking around. And this time, instead of Mike not being focused, Marcus isn't focused. <laughs> yeah. He's, so he's, you know, he's concentrating all the, on all the scattered ass. <laughs> <laughs> it had been a while, man. He's just uh, getting up there, getting older. Oh, he even admits it's been so long. He's like, dude, they can hear you. <laughs> yeah. So Rita kind of is the head of this ammo team and, and she's a great character. I thought she, um, she you know, she exuded this. Uh, she was really charming and you believe that her and uh, Mike Lowry, you know, had history together. Uh, it was a really believable performance. And then uh, there's other members of Ammo, right? There's these kind of this young crew, probably, you know, these folks in their, their 20s. Um, we've got this big, like, Thor-looking guy with, uh, I guess he's the actor is actually on Vikings uh, to where they're, you know, he's the the tech guy, <laughs> the guy that sits on the uh, the computer and, uh, you know, is kind of the hacker. You, you wouldn't necessarily think of it. You'd think of him as kind of a um, uh, enforcer. Uh, but, uh, yeah, which was kind of a neat uh, character. Um, yeah, apparently he had some background as like a bouncer or something like that and it must have gone wrong yeah and he really didn't want to actually be a part of that anymore and and that's why he really didn't carry a gun he sat behind a computer he never never actually did anything so when they actually called upon him to do something uh they was like yeah i'm gonna need some therapy about this and you guys <laughs> got to pay for it <laughs> even uh vanessa hutchins of uh, high school musical fame she was one of the team members on of ammo and uh, you wouldn't know it. I mean, you, you kind of hear that offhand. You, you kind of groan. You're like, oh, gosh, what is she going to be in an action movie? Like, but I mean, she had some pretty she intense already, action yeah. scenes. Yeah, no, I thought she was a really good uh, addition to the team. And since our wives don't listen, she was very attractive. <laughs> yeah, uh, her and Rita. Yeah, they uh, they were doing that ammo team proud. They were uh, it, it never hurts to add some eye candy for the guys <laughs> in a movie that, you know, got Martin, oh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith in it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there's enough eye candy to go around for everybody. But uh, And then the, the final member uh, was another guy that was uh, kind of giving Mike a hard time the entire time as far as kind of just being the grandpa and uh, coming up with, with the comebacks. They were sparring throughout the movie until the end where they kind of had to join up and put things aside and kind of show each other respect. Yeah, at the, at the end, you know, they all they all became, became one, became friends, you know. Yeah, so I think, you know, if they uh, 
bring another installment on Bad Boys Four, which it looks like they are doing, um, and this ammo team is involved, then I'm I'm all for it because I enjoyed the camaraderie and just uh, this entire cast, this entire new cast. So I would, you know, I'd be going to see it anyway, even if I didn't like this movie, I'd still be going to see Bad Boys Four just because I love the franchise. But uh, I think things are looking pretty bright. Oh yeah, I mean I'm in regardless. I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I couldn't wait. I was chomping at the bit to see this one before I even heard any reviews. I didn't know if it was going to be good or bad. And then the more reviews came out, the more people were talking about it, the more that uh, we realized that it was actually going to be people are arguing maybe one of the best, if not the best movie in the franchise. Yeah. Now we both have, you know, emotional attachments to the first one. That's right. But uh, I mean, I, I only reason I can think that they may think that is the character building in this one is almost the character building you should do in a, in a first movie. Right. When you learn the, the background, you know, Marcus sitting by, you know, uh, Mike's side when he's in a coma the whole time. And then, you know, the back and forth when, you know, when Marcus is sitting by Mike's side and everything. And then the whole, you know, Mike wants to get out there because someone actually tried to take his life. But Marcus is torn because he doesn't want to get back out there into it. But, you know, he wants to be back there helping his friend because he doesn't want to see his friend go through that either. So a lot of that, that character building, that world building we get in this one here. Some people think that we should probably have in the first movie. Um, yeah, I can understand that. I mean, the first two movies were very much like Michael Bay movies where action and spectacle and visuals kind of take the front seat. You know, um, you think of Transformers and all that stuff. But um, yeah, they, they really took the time to develop these guys out. Um, and their their chemistry is just so believable. You believe these two have been friends for ages and ages. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, it was done really well. Uh, but yeah, kind of the, the main twist of this movie, the big plot reveal is that this assassin, um, that shot Mike up in the very beginning, uh, who's kind of the son of this, um, this, uh, Mexican cartel empress, uh, that escaped from prison in the very beginning of the movie. Um, you kind of, you know, get the feeling that this assassin is out there, um, killing these folks as a, sort of a vengeance play for, for, you know, the people that uh, put his father away, his father that just died in prison, or at least what he, what he thinks is his father. Uh, later in the film, it turns out that uh, Mike reveals to Marcus that he had sort of a fling with this uh, drug cartel's wife. And um, it turns out this assassin, this kid, is actually his kid, his baby boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It dawns on him at towards the close to the end of the movie when he's sitting there. And he's thinking about it, he's thinking of timelines and how old the kid is. Right. And then there's a phrase that is said that only uh, Mike and this you know cartel queen uh, actually really know. Right. Because that was a fake made up thing. And once he's starting to connect all the dots, <laughs> that's when he kind of has that, oh, crap type moment. I know the only thing that would make sense is if this is my son and I just have never been told about it. Yeah, which is really great because, I mean, Marcus, you know, he tells Mike throughout the film and even Captain um, kind of has a conversation with him about uh, uh, he tells Mike a story about these two Buddhists that meet on the road. And basically the point of the story is, you know, what are you doing with your life, Mike? I mean, you're kind of stuck in stasis and you kind of live for revenge and you live for the action. Like, where are you going? Um, and Mike, you know, he has to think about it. Like, and Marcus brings it up to him. I mean, you don't have a wife. You don't have any kids. You don't have any legacy besides just uh, wearing tight T-shirts and acting a fool, right? So it's like, I mean, uh, for him at the end of this movie to actually have flesh and blood uh, son that he has to, you know, care for and, and try to his best to redeem and, uh, you know, get him in, at a prison or at least shave some time off. 
Um, I, I thought it was an excellent, uh, you know, character growth for, for Mike. Yeah. You can actually see now he, I think he sees beyond the playboy now. Yeah. He actually sees there is something that some or someone that he didn't know about that he should have been present for. And he knows, and he even says it to him. He, it's not all his fault that he didn't know. Yeah. Now he does take, he does cop up to, you know, some of it where he said he, he, he almost ran away with this woman and actually dropped the whole cop DEA, DEA thing altogether. And what would have been running with the cartels, which is it's kind of crazy. And, and it explains the way, I mean, she says she made him. So when we look at him and his, you know, the, the jackets, the purple lining inside, you know, dressing style. like a drug. Yeah. Dressing like a drug dealer. Uh, Marcus <laughs> would say it, it all kind of makes sense, which is kind of fun to see, you know, how Mike became Mike. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of neat. I mean, it's it's retconning a bit, and they do some fudging with the timeline a little bit as far as this kind of all making sense. Um, but you, you kind of roll with it. The movie's good enough where you just roll with stuff like that. And, man, the plot, it is a lot to swallow. I mean, it turns out that the bad guy of this film is actually Mike's son, and they go down to Mexico City to confront this evil, um, you know, queen of the cartel who's probably also a witch and into some crazy stuff herself yeah <laughs> uh it gets a little crazy towards the end uh but like i said you're just along for the ride and um i don't know just between the character scenes and and the the well choreographed action um you're just uh you're just in it for the long haul yeah i was all about you know penetrating him with my heart <laughs> <laughs> how deep you get <laughs> Yeah, this uh, this movie penetrated my heart for uh, definitely. It, I think it's a worthy addition. I can't wait to get it when it comes out on digital. It's a must buy for me. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and it was the best seeing it uh, next to you because this. I I don't know. You know, it turns out a lot of people love this franchise. I didn't know you would. You'd never know. Cause... No, you wouldn't know by uh, the, the by really anything. There's really no indication on why. You know, so many people like it or there's really been any type of like love on the Internet about it. Yeah, I felt like I've you and seen. I were the only ones that really would go back and to quote this these movies over and over again and remember how much we love them. Um, and then when this third one was coming out, all I heard from people were like, oh, my gosh, it's been so long. I love bad boys and I can't believe this is happening. I'm like, where have you been? <laughs> where have you people been? I don't... <laughs> well, it's funny, too, because we're sitting like we mentioned the club scene, which was kind of a callback to the first one. Yeah. But then there's also uh, a scene later where I, I just start laughing because I see rats <laughs> and I'm thinking of the second movie. Right. And I'm like, okay, we're catching some like very small callbacks or Easter eggs in this movie just because we know the other one so well. Yeah. The difference between this one here and the second one for me is the second one I had to see multiple times in the theater. Yeah. Because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I mean, when when we first start, I mean, the cap's asking him how he sunk a boat on the highway. <laughs> I mean, and then, you know, making his booty hole pucker, you know, things like that. This one here, I didn't have that instance where I was laughing so hard I was missing stuff. Oh my gosh! When uh, my when uh, Martin Lawrence takes the ecstasy at Captain's house and oh uh, good lad, oh my gosh, that nice fish, scene. big nice but nice fish. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I mean that movie it was both. I mean the action was more intense. I like the action. I think about the that the highway chase in the very beginning where cars are like flipping over Mike's cars. They're going down the highway. Just incredible, insane action. And to meet that, that it had just insane comedy, too. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This whole franchise, it's just good stuff. Like, keep keep making them. They're done as well as, you know, these three have been. Yeah, and it, this movie here shows the growth. Yeah. See, the first, I mean, the other ones were more comedy. This was more out of 
drama with some comedy in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was a little more that way than the balance kind of fell that way more than the other way. But I mean, it was great. Yeah. Although, I mean, there were parts in this movie that I was cracking up. Like when, um, you know, there's a portion of the film where um, Marcus, he, he does end up retiring. Right. And uh, Mike is working with this ammo team to try to track down this uh, assassin. Um, but yeah, he, he essentially this uh, this informant dials up Marcus randomly, like, "Hey, this assassin's after me. You got to come help me." He's like, "Oh man!" So he's kind of forced after not talking to Mike for a while. He calls Mike and to let him know. So they say so they eventually end up meeting up in uh, Marcus's wife's van, you know, like a Nissan, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and and he has his grandbaby with him, little Marcus, little baby Marcus in the back seat. And uh, but they're about to get into it, right? They're about to chase down an informant. They got to go and, and get into some into some danger. So they make the uh, make the call to leave the baby with Teresa, Marcus's wife, at the spa. She's having a spa day. Uh, so just the act of them dropping off this baby at the spa and then running for dear life yeah, afterwards. Mike runs for dear life. He's there you know, on a level like, how angry is she? She's, she's a nine. He's like, oh, I didn't give her the baby wipe. She's a ten now. Go, go, go. Oh, my gosh. And just the look on Teresa's face. She sees Mike, and she immediately just says, no. <laughs> and uh, Mike was like, so sorry. I'm so sorry. He just leaves the baby there in the room with her. It was hilarious. And you get the feeling that this kind of thing, like these characters know each other. They've lived with each other. They've been in each other's lives forever. And uh, there's no doubt about that. So, uh, yeah, just stuff like that. I mean, uh, really great. Those episodes, well, those things in the movie now is something that uh, we can actually relate to now as fathers as well. Because I can only imagine (laughs) us being together and then something coming up and one of us trying to drop off, you know, say Zach with uh, with Janessa and your wife when they're having a spa day and and how dead we would be (laughs) when we get home. There would be no... We might as well just kind of, you know, spend it out somewhere and not try to come home. Uh, yeah, yeah. They might as well just uh, put a bullet in my ass because I ain't coming home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. Well, as you guys can tell, well, we we really enjoyed it. And it's definitely something worth seeing. If you haven't gotten out to it already, I'll say get to it. Uh, but check it out when it when it comes out on, you know, digital or whatever way you watch your, your movies nowadays. Don't miss this one. This was uh, worth a good time. And I would say, even if you haven't seen the other two movies, I mean, it's only, you know, two movies that are out now, and then this third one here. Um, I mean, the first one's from 95, right? The second one's from 2003. They're very much of their ages, you know, of the dates that they came out. The first one's very 90s, and the second one's very those, you know, you you got Ludacris playing (laughs) loud in the 2003. But the movies themselves are very good. I mean, as much you know, Michael Bay, Bayham action scenes, somehow over the top they can be. Um, everything was done really, really well. The comedy is uh, top notch. Uh, so if you haven't seen any of these bad boys films, do yourself a favor and check them out. Yeah. And I don't know to say you can go as far as watching the third one first. Yeah. And I don't think it would really hurt you in any way. It's going to go ahead and give you that, that character building. I was, I was speaking of earlier. And then you'd really know the characters going into one and two is kind of going backwards. Yeah, that'd be an interesting uh, thing just to uh, almost watching them like prequels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you're going in cold and you watch three, then watch one and two. Uh, I'd be interested in hearing opinions on how that actually works because there's no way we can do it. Yeah, I mean we know way too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that was a bunch of fun this weekend. Uh, another thing that we caught. I know last episode we had uh, talked about the first episode of the new CBS All Access series Picard. And you and I both checked out the episode two. What'd you think? Oh, that's got me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I've never been a Star Trek fan. 
But this one here has sucked me in completely. I mean, between, you know, what they're doing out there on, you know, that board cube. I don't even know what the hell a board, board cube is. <laughs> uh, I, they're, they're like operating on dead Borgs and turn, you know, pulling things off them. Uh, between, you know, Picard actually trying to get back into Starfleet. Yeah. And trying to ask for Starfleet's help and then pretty much turning him down hard. Boy, how'd you like that scene? They dropped an F-bomb. She was so angry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go figure. CBS All Access doesn't care. But uh, it's it's been awesome. And I don't even know what the real uh, ramifications are of, say, that one captain or, you know, lieutenant or whatever she is in the in Starfleet general uh, that's actually a Romulan. So yeah. they've kind of infiltrated Starfleet. Yeah, so this goes all the way to the top, man, the top of Starfleet. We have uh, Romulans that are disguising themselves as human and as Vulcan. Uh, we've got this other Romulan guy that we met uh, at the end of last episode that's uh, speaking with uh, Dodge's twin at this Borg Cube facility. Um, it's kind of sad. I remember Dodge's name after one episode, but I can't remember her sister's name after two episodes. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got no idea of it either. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Chris and I are, it sounds like we're both along for the for the ride. I mean, uh, I think we both enjoy just the character of Picard enough. We enjoy Patrick Stewart as an actor. And, uh, you know, the, the show is, uh, you know, just shot, um, uh, well enough to, to yeah, kind of, that's the thing. It looks like I'm watching a movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there was really no dip in quality between the first episode and second one. Um, so it seems like that's going to be a continuation throughout the rest of the season, which I believe is a, a 10 full episodes for this season. Yeah, that's what I understand as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll be we'll be checking. It. I don't know if we'll keep, you know, mentioning reviews episode to episode, but uh, so far, so good. Uh, we highly suggest checking out the card. Now, so if you want to hear more from it about, you know, from us, I mean, just let us know. But I think what we may do is just bring it up, maybe come close to the end, right. or halfway point, uh, just kind of get our, you know, feeling of, you know, where it's going. If it's something that we'll be willing to continue, because usually if you get through the six, you know, six episode mark, you have a good idea if you're going to like it or if you're, you're going to bail on it. Right. And uh, yeah, that's well, almost six hours worth of television right there. So if you if you get beyond that, you're you're kind of invested in the series itself. Uh yeah, and what it's done for me, it actually, since kind of watching Picard, it's made me um, watch some older episodes of uh, The Next Generation. Uh, there are a couple that are uh, tied in pretty well with, with Data and his search for, for becoming human and uh, his search for, you know, having offspring. There's actually two episodes that are specifically, you know, geared towards that. Um, there's a Measure of a Man in Season 2 where they actually have a trial um, with this uh, doctor. Um, who, you know, claims that Data is just property of Starfleet and, you know, doesn't have the right to make his own decisions because he's a machine. And they have a, a trial to determine that uh, Data is sentient and has all the rights that any other Starfleet officer would have. Um, and the episode is, itself is done incredibly well. Like, it's a great... I mean, there's no there's no lasers fired. There's no explosions. It's literally just people talking the whole episode, but it's, it's like a trial. And it was, it was, I mean, by on your suggestion, yeah, I actually went back and watched it and it's, it was, it was good. I oh, mean, yeah. it was really, and it held up. Yeah. I mean, the episode held up to, to time and I was, it's always kind of one of those things. If you're going to watch something that old, is it going to be as good as it was back when it was first released? And this episode absolutely did. 
Well, that is going to wrap it up for this week's Dad and Rock podcast. Um, once again, you know, some technical difficulties. Hopefully the show sounds okay. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get this out as soon as possible. But uh, yeah, uh, for Chris, um, this is Sean. Uh, be sure to catch us on our Facebook page. Email us at chris at dadnarock.com and sean at dadnarock.com. And we will see you next week. Thanks. <laughs>